Welcome to Dad's class. Welcome to the podcast where I, Devin Pierce, bring you bring you the tools of my toolbox. So whether you're a parent, going to be one, or just adulting, it is my goal to help make you better equipped for the great adventure of life. Welcome to Dad's class. We are live over at mixer.com slash dad's class. No spaces, no punctuation in that. It is May 20th. Nope. It is May 5th, 2020. And by the way, guys, we are trying to go live every Wednesday around 5 p.m. Fingers crossed. I hope I didn't just jinx myself on that. But that is our current schedule. We've been pretty consistent the last few weeks that the show's been recorded live. That being on around 5 p.m. So we're going to rock it. We're going to keep with the flow. How are you folks doing? I hope the past week or so, you know, you guys have been getting up to something, keeping yourselves entertained, keeping yourselves busy. Um, we managed to get some of the yards honeydew list items taken care of in the last four days or so. Um, now that the snow is gone, again, <laughs> the other day we had this snow come in overnight and my daughter was like, but it's springtime. And uh, the fiance and I are both just like, in Alberta, honey, this is Alberta. So we opened up the door to all the snow and we laughed. She didn't think it was uh, really all that funny, nor did she find that that was a good enough answer, but we thought it was hilarious. Uh, she's in kindergarten, the middle one there, and... Uh, she has been learning the seasons and their atypical descriptions. So she's very concerned about snow <laughs> happening in spring because it's not supposed to happen, right? That's the way we teach our children to interpret the concept of spring doesn't involve snow. And that's not accurate for where we live. Otherwise, my kids have been doing really great with their schoolwork. My spouse is an amazing homeschooler. Uh, she managed to help the kids earn a four-day weekend by getting them, getting a little bit of a push on them to get their stuff done early last week. So that's pretty cool. Pretty proud of all of them all around for that. That's great stuff. Now, since last class on the podcast, we had, well, last week's episode where we had our, a couple of my friends came on the show and talked to us all about uh, the process of IUI. Um, one of the methods of artificial insemination. They both have gone through through the process, so we talked about their two experiences and the differences in costs and a couple other things that came up there. Uh, so again, Ashley and Rayanne, thank you guys for coming on the show and talking about that. Yesterday being Tuesday, we had a Top 5 Tuesday featuring five at-home habits that people commonly want to change, and we talked about some simple starting points to go about changing those things. Uh, hopefully that'll help somebody out. Uh, with that episode... Whoa, my voice went weird there. <laughs> Sounded anyways. With that episode, we also... I, specifically, mentioned to you guys that I have been going live on Twitch again with the video game streaming, and that I will be doing so both this week and next for Friday and Saturday nights starting at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. 
Uh, that's a great way to get in touch with me, guys. If you have questions of any kind, whether it's about the Dad's Class podcast, the YouTube side of it, um, or the Family Vlog channel, any of the little projects that I've mentioned that I do or have and whatnot, that's a great place to come get some one-on-one -on -one time with me and just throw your questions in chat. And then also here on the Mixer podcast, um, we're looking to do the Jackbox party, which I've mentioned in the last couple of episodes. So you guys are going to come in, pop into the chat on Mixer. You're going to can, can take turns as we fill up the game rooms on Jackbox. You guys can interact with everybody who's in the chat. We still don't have a date set working on that. However, it will be in May. I have decided it is going to be in the month of May. It's locked into that because June is going to be a stupid crazy month in my house. I can tell already. I don't want it to be as crazy as I think it's going to be, but uh, not much you can do about it. Today, we're looking at providing y'all with bedtime help. That's our topic for this week. Not just for the kiddos, but for yourselves as well. Sometimes as adults, though, we forget that we are still humans. And just like the little humans in our lives, as parents or family members of them. And therefore, we for some reason think that we don't need those same things that we do for our kids or try to use certain techniques towards our children to help them with their bedtime routines. And that's very untrue. We benefit from the same things our kids do. We look at them as tiny humans and what their human needs need to fill in. We benefit from the same things our kids do so we can use those things to help us for getting sleep we need. However, we also have the added ability to self-reflect and investigate when we're having difficulties with our own sleeping patterns, which then the trick becomes actually using those tools. Just to clear the air on it, sleeping problems are extremely common. Uh, some studies vary from 30 to 50% of adults reporting some sort of issue with their sleeping, and it just depends on the age ranges as well. Interestingly enough, adult men under the age of 65 are the group where we see the least amount of reported sleeping problems from most studies that I've seen uh, quoting. Now, insomnia is defined as a habitual sleeplessness or an inability to sleep and is commonly applies with a broad stroke to all sleeping problems. Whether it's trying to get to sleep, not getting enough sleep, 
broken up sleep, waking up too soon, feeling like your sleep wasn't good enough when you do wake up. But for myself, I've always associated that term for when you have need of medical or over-the-counter assistance with your sleep problems. You know, to me, there's a scale there. Sleeplessness to insomnia, and you hit that benchmark when you need outside help. But for a lot of our problems in sleeping, we can change things about our environment to help us sleep better or help us get to sleep. And we'll touch on some of those as we go on. I myself have experienced periodic moments of crap sleeps. Uh, sometimes it's been, you know, a single night or which is Definitely a single night's bad sleep is the most common one for myself. But I've had times in my life where it's been a week or more of me not getting enough sleep or me not having good quality sleep. And sleeplessness sucks. So, I think I'm going to start off with the common causes of sleeplessness. Then go on to possible solutions or suggestions for you guys. Um in the form of a rapid-fire do's and don'ts list. Then we're gonna look at specifically dealing with bedtime problems for children, as well as trying to get them to stay in bed. For our home, the youngest member of our household has been the most difficult to establish a good bedtime set of habits. And as such, I'm looking forward to getting a bit of a refresher out of this episode, which I totally did. I wrote this in the future tense, writing the show notes, but realistically, this should have been in a past tense of hopefulness, I guess. Whatever. As an adult. But these will also apply to children our common causes for sleeplessness are things like getting older not only do we tend to need less sleep as we get older i mean a newborn child gets anywhere from 14 to 17 hours of sleep that's intense where adults average between 6 and 10 hours of sleep It's also really common to see the quality of our sleep decrease as we get older, which can be the result of other things such as medical issues, or even just getting in a habit of taking naps when you have nothing else to do in the middle of the day. Because after you nap in the day, you don't need more sleep at night. But it's just quite common for even healthy older people to just not need as much sleep. Another thing that can affect how much sleep or the quality of our sleep is both stress and anxiety. Both of these cause our body to become tense or on edge and they take away from our ability to relax in order to even get into a sleeping comfort. From there, we also wanna look at our surroundings. And this is everything from the temperature of your room to the firmness of your bed, the type of pillow on under your head, uh, the amount of light, lack of light, 
or the amount of noise, whether it's too quiet or too loud. Or if you're not sleeping in your own bed, that can be a huge one. These are all ways and factors our surroundings can make sleep difficult for us. Personal experience, every time I go to work in a work camp away from home, the first night I do not sleep. I still manage to function for the most part the first day of work, but I cannot for the life of me get a good quality sleep that first night because it's not my home. Weird noises, weird people, weird bed. I, I know that going in though. I understand at this time in my life that I will have a crap sleep the first night. The second night I'll have to go to bed early. Not that you should, but I'll just be really tired and I won't feel like doing anything. And then continue on as it were. I've learned this about myself. Bereavement or trauma, which in their own respects can cause both stress and anxiety when you're dealing with such things, regardless of the type of trauma or who you've lost. These are existential influences over us that can impact us with things such as upsetting memories or even nightmares to either prevent us from getting to sleep or waking us up once we are asleep. Second to last one here is the disruption of routine. And this is literally anything that requires you to adjust the time you are going to bed or getting up from bed. That's pretty broad stroke, that one. And this is a big one for children. Many young children, uh, we've talked about in the past with my oldest boy, if I get him up more than seven minutes off of schedule, he has a crap attitude the rest of the day. It's There is a definitive seven minute window. <laughs> which has gotten a little bit more lackadaisical with him being homeschooled, I will say. And he has adjusted with his own reactive behaviors better as well. Which has been nice. Lastly, the big boy. Medical reasons. There are many things that may not be related to age or stress or anxiety, but rather medical issues, both known and unknown, could be impacting our sleep. Personally, I know of, I think, like five people now, and like five people over the last year, I think, maybe two years, that have been diagnosed with sleep apnea and with help of their doctors and sleep apnea machine thing. It's been night and day uh, with help from the doctors, you know. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine, old employer, um, at the start of the year here. He and his wife had both been diagnosed with sleep apnea. And uh, they put him on the machine, and he sleeps less, but he's getting a better sleep now. And... Uh, same thing with a friend of my parents. Before I get... I guess I'm going to dig into this one a little bit. But before so, if you have concerns about your sleep, talk to your family doctor. Now, some examples of medical issues that might be influencing your sleep. For the ladies, it is common for sleeplessness to occur around the menopausal stage in life. 
remaining with them post-menopause. If you're pregnant, you probably aren't sleeping at all. And if you are, congratulations. Many women, especially in the later trimester of pregnancy, have difficulty getting a full night's sleep because of the tiny human growing inside them, crushing their bladder, making them have to pee all night. Other causes that are common for medical conditions are things like arthritis, diabetes, high blood pressure, asthma, depression, restless leg syndrome, especially as you get older. Also in the same branch as the asthma, allergies, anything that could be restricting or causing discomforts for your respiratory system will affect your sleeping mechanisms. Because if you aren't getting enough oxygen, your body panics. <gasps> We're gonna die. Even if you're not. So that's where anything having to do with a breathing or respiratory issue can affect your sleep habits. Alternatively, and there is more, but those are some good common examples. Alternatively, some of those aforementioned conditions also have the issue of medications causing problems with your sleep or medications that treat conditions such as ADHD amongst others. All these can impact your ability to sleep or stay asleep. As I already suggested, if you have concerns about your sleeping, talk to your doctor. If you're taking any kind of medication, ask your pharmacist if the medication alone or in combination could be causing problems with your sleep. Those are the two best starting points. Uh, you know, make sure it's not related medical. It's not a medical, it's not a medical condition. It's not a medicine condition that's causing it. Let's move on to some of those quick fire do's and don'ts to help with finding solutions to your sleeping problems. We're going to start with don't. Don't worry about whether or not you're getting enough sleep. Just get what you can. Don't use your bed for anything other than sleep and sleeping. This is a family show. Don't smoke cigarettes before bedtime. Don't go to bed until you feel ready to sleep. If you are like that picture of a lemur who can see sound in the meme, there's no point in trying to go to sleep if you know you're not going to get anywhere with it. Don't stay in bed longer to get caught up in sleep. Don't wallow in worry in your bed. Go do it elsewhere. We've already established the bed is for sleep and sleeping. Don't consume caffeine or alcohol near bedtime. And if you're having sleep problems, a good place to start is to cut back on how much of that you're taking in in a day. Don't take naps during the day because that reduces how much sleep your body will need at the end of the day. And then if you're at the end of the day saying, I can't get to sleep, oh my gosh, but you had a nap in the middle of the day, you don't think about that. You worry about the fact that you're not getting enough sleep at night. And then you cause yourself stress and anxiety and you can't get to sleep anyways. Do's. 
do go to bed at a regular time and get up around the same time. A schedule or routine is helpful for establishing your body's rhythmic systems. Do have a routine to help you wind down at the end of the night and prepare for bedtime. Do remember that sleep changes over your lifetime. The older you get, the less sleep you're likely gonna need. And learn to be okay with that. Do be sure your bed and bedroom are comfortable. This includes your pillow. I never understood how much a good quality pillow could change your sleeping habits until I got one one time. I'm due for a new one, but it can make a world of difference. You can have a crappy bed and a half decent pillow and it'll make your sleep so much better. Personal experience. Get, do, get up. If you're worrying about things or if you're still awake after 20 minutes, go find something to help yourself relax and try again later. Do get regular exercise. Just try not to do it too late in the day or right before bedtime because physical exercise gets your body going and then you have to try and come down off that to get you to normal and then come down from normal to get yourself ready for bed. My spouse recently learned she cannot do late night exercising. Um, she was trying a different routine to try and get regular exercises in at the end of the day instead of the morning time. And she can't sleep. But sometimes you don't know how something's gonna affect you until you try it, so. Do check with your doctor or pharmacist about your medications and any other odds and ends about yourself, always go to your doctor, always tell them when you have problems. If you haven't gone to a doctor in a, like if you think to yourself, when was the last time I went to a doctor? Go to the doctor. This is dad, dad says, go to the doctor. Done. For myself, I make sure I try to get in around my birthday, which is in July, so I'm coming up on it soon, for an annual checkup. You go to the doctor, you say, hey, I'm here for an annual. And they say, well, what would you like to get checked? Yeah, just make sure my heart sounds good and uh, send me for some blood work. Those are just some basic things to just make sure nothing's going wrong. At the start of today's episode, I mentioned how we as adults forget that tips for kids can help us too. The opposite is the same. All those do's and don'ts we just went through can apply to your kids too. Along those same lines, our oldest who takes medication for his ADHD had to start taking uh, melatonin as supplements to help him get to sleep. This is a common side effect of the medications he's on. Which, furthermore, if your kids are on medication of any kind, ask them about their sleep. It took us a while to learn our son was having problems because he never mentioned it to us. We just happened to ask, and he was like, I usually stare at the ceiling for a couple hours. What? Yeah, I don't really get to bed anytime soon. And we, you know, 
looked into it. Oh, yeah, sure. It is what it is. We have a solution now. You can't fix the past, but you can improve the future. So, along those lines, if you are looking to improve the comfortability of your room, or your child's room, or maybe just like things that smell pretty, I'm going to throw in here a totally not sponsored plug for my fiance's business. Uh, she sells Scentsy products. They have literally everything from laundry products to cleaners for your pets, uh, waxes and warmers, diffusers and oils, and so much more. They have stuffed animals for kids that you can get that have the different scents in them. And as an added bonus, you can get anything on her website directly shipped to you if you live in Canada, United States. She's authorized for shipping to both all of North America. A link to her site will be in the description of this episode. So if you're into that, by all means, it helps support our family. So thank you in advance if you do decide to look into it. I appreciate that. Let's look at the bedtime with the kiddos. What causes our children to have bedtime issues? Well, many of the same things, if not all of the same things we already talked about when we are talking about adults. As they get older, they need less sleep. As they get older, they start to experience stress and anxiety. If they experience loss or trauma, if they're taking a medication, I think I made my point. Additionally, however, children have accidentally encouraged poor sleeping habits. Picture this. You say goodnight, and you start to close your door. Your child screams. There is little reason for them not to if they learn that they can use that to get from you what they want. Quick disclaimer. With that being said, Alberta Health Services does not approve of letting your child self-soothe under the age of two. Once they are above that age, you can start working with them on an appropriate self-placement to bed routine. So then the question becomes from there, how do we do that? How do we teach them to go to bed without us, rocking them, feeding them, or driving around the block for three hours? We're gonna start with teaching our children how to stay in bed quietly and to do so without outside help. You may need to implore this um, due to a change in the bedtime schedule, whether it's life changes or daylight savings time. And how you're gonna go about this is you are going to start with explaining what is going to happen. If you stay here, Timmy, I will come back and check on you, okay? And then you make sure you get a response of understanding then you leave, ignoring any requests or complaints, and you close the door. You go away. You wait two minutes. 
You tell them you're going to do this. You wait two minutes. If they stay quiet in the bed, you go back in and you softly praise them. Then you go away. You don't stay any longer than 30 seconds. You're going to repeat this process. So you, you put them in bed. I'm going to be back and check on you, okay? But you have to stay in your bed quietly. You leave. Two minutes, you come back. Good job. Okay, I'll come back and check on you in five minutes, okay? And then you go. And you come back. Two minutes, five minutes, and you keep gradually increasing this. It may take up to five times in a single night before they fall asleep. And you may have to do this every night for a week or until your child is comfortable with you not coming back to check on them. You probably gonna wanna pick a date and draw a line on that too. But when it comes to our child, not staying in bed quietly, we have three positive parenting style options. But before you try to set one of these into motion, be sure that you are ready to commit to the strategy that you pick. And make sure that you are going to be able to consistently provide that to your children for at least two weeks, I would say. I don't actually remember a recommendation out of anything, but I would say if you can't guarantee that you can implement a strategy for two weeks, there's no point in starting it. If you have to reschedule something or change something in your routine to make sure you can do it, then do it. Let's get started with the gradual approach as it expands on what we've already talked about. And this one, is great for children who have a, a decent enough understanding that you can communicate with them. And perhaps for children that you just moved into their own room, and perhaps maybe you're more the one that's losing sleep over it than they are. Um, side note to this, when we moved our youngest to share bedroom with his brother, um, my spouse and I, at her request, reorganize our entire bedroom to kind of reset our room to help make the transition easier for her not having the proximity of the youngest in our bedroom so there's a little tip there for you but yes the gradual approach so you explained what's going to happen you know but as soon as you close the door your child cries Don't respond right away. Give them a chance to settle themselves down. Give yourself that same two minute wait time. Then go back, check on them, reassure them by patting them. Don't get into bed with them. Um, with this method, we can extend how long we stay from 30 seconds to up to a minute. You were not there to coach them through stopping crying. You were just there to let them know that they are safe. After that minute, you are still going to leave, whether they are crying or not. As before, you extend the amount of time between check-ins by about two minutes of time, and you make sure you have a watch with you, or a timer, or a clock, 
to help you stay within those time limits. Okay, I have to check them in three minutes. It's this time. I will go in three minutes. I will check on. I can only be here for a minute. It is this time. And you want to. This is for you. It helps their brain deal with the situation. These are scientifically produced numbers by somebody, not me. But you need to stick to that schedule. Experts will also recommend for any approach that you establish a sleeping journal. So you can say you put your child down to bed at this time, you waited the two minutes, they did or did not cry, yada, yada, yada. Keeping a sleep journal will help you see actual improvements. It will also help you determine disruptions to your child's sleep schedule. We watched a movie with Timmy and he stayed up 20 minutes later than usual. And that particular night, it took us 40 minutes longer to get him to bed because he kept crying. And we kept having to go check on him and make sure he was okay. Right? So you, you have a reference point, a measurable substance with which you can gauge your child's improvement or recession in the process. Then there's what they call the direct approach or more commonly the self-soothing, only it's a little bit more planning. It's more of a structure to it in my opinion because you are specifically using the parenting technique of planned ignoring. You are telling yourself, I'm going to ignore it and you're going to do so. Once you put your child to bed in this situation, they've established that they know how to stay there quietly. Maybe they haven't. Well, you've done the getting them into bed. Okay, good night. I love you. Your explanation now. And once you put them into bed, you're going to start with your expectations as well as any rewards that are going to occur if they uh, stay in bed throughout the night. Once you get up in the morning, Timmy, this is what's gonna happen. But you have to stay in your bed all night, go to sleep quietly. And in that explanation, you tell them, I am not coming to back to check on you. No matter how much you cry out for me, no matter what screaming you do, how much noise comes out of this room, I am not coming back here, you are going to bed. And if they come out of the room, you simply return them to it. Again, you make sure that they understand that you are not to leave this room. You are to go to bed. I am not coming back here no matter how much you scream at me. Good night. You close the door and you leave. The first time your child does this, or the first time you do this with your child, they may cry for several hours even. Going to your child after saying, I won't be coming back here, will make things worse. Even if they keep escalating how much crying and screaming they're doing, at any point after you said you wouldn't go back, if you do go back in there, that child is going to learn, oh, well, if I just scream louder, they come quicker. And they'll start the escalation part of that sooner. Now, for some of you as parents, that's gonna, that's gonna tug on your heartstrings, it's gonna hurt. Remind yourself that they are safe and that this is teaching them a valuable life skill. If just listening to this approach makes you kind of go, hmm, 
then start with a gradual approach. If you feel like your child's milking that approach, then come to this one. But pick an approach, stick to it for two weeks. No flippity floppity, no skipping it one day, doing it the next day. You pick an approach and you go for it for two weeks. See how it goes. See it out. See how it goes. It is still recommended, even with the direct approach, that you keep a sleep journal to track how your child is doing uh, with their adjustments to their sleep schedule. The third approach is more so for toddlers who are still like in the day bed, they haven't transitioned to a full bed yet. And in this one, the, the gentle approach, you put the child into their bed and then you either are on an adjacent bed or in a chair in the room and you ignore the child through planned ignoring again and you pretend to sleep. You leave the child when they have gone to sleep and if they wake up, you go back with them and you do it again. You sit in your chair, you put them to bed, you sit in your chair, you lay on the bed, you pretend to sleep, you ignore them till they go to sleep and you move on. If you have the chair, not so much the bed, but if you have a chair, you can also gradually each night move the chair closer and closer until it is to the door until it is out of the room. Once your child doesn't need that proximity of you for comfort, you can move forward with one of the other strategies if there's still issues or if issues come up later. The last two methods already kind of mentioned with children who get out of bed to simply return them to bed and close the door. Even if they protest or start throwing a fit or start demanding things and stuff, just take them back to bed, remind them they have to stay in their bed quietly and go to sleep. Follow through with whichever technique that you're doing, whether it's the gradual or the direct, and close the door. On a personal note, always close the door. All doors on all bedrooms should be kept closed when you are asleep to keep you safe if there is a house fire. End of discussion. I have seen many things with regards to sleeping routine establishment where they suggest it is okay to use a baby gate just to keep them from coming out of the room but you know you can hear them better because the door isn't closed do not leave your doors open just please no close the door if you are downstairs and you blow up your barbecue because you're preparing a roast for the next day or something and you were knocked unconscious and your child is now sleeping in a burning house that bedroom door could save their life Close the door. Done. I, this is not a debate. Please, close your doors. I kind of touched on a little bit there with the excuses or the reasons why they need to be out of their bedroom. And we're going to touch on that here. Here's some, some summary points to keep in mind. When it comes to children or adults, Establish a bedtime routine. Involve your child in quiet activities. 
for about 30 minutes before bedtime. Before the routine starts, actually. Help your child with their routine. Set a regular bedtime. At bedtime, go through a checklist. The checklist could be specifically the routine items. And make sure your routine includes the common things like, I need a drink. I need to brush my teeth. I need to this. I need to that. Any of those excuses, put them into your routine so that when you check them off right before they go down for the night, they can't use it as an excuse to get out of bed. Say goodnight, leave the room, close the door. In the morning, praise your child for a successful night's sleep. That praise can be something like a sticker chart. Uh, by the way, if they need to help visualize their goals and personal growth. And with any routine behavior charts, quick reminder, you should only be working on one behavior at a time. And you want to put it where that behavior is most likely to be achieved. So in the case of a bedtime routine, it would make more sense to have a bedtime sticker chart near their bed or their room. That'll be child dependent. If you catch your child playing with the chart, then it's in a bad spot. It is nice to be able to say, put it by their bed and they can look at it for encouragement as they try to fall asleep. But it can also be a way to antagonize them into not wanting to be in bed because they want to look at their stickers or play with their stickers. So perhaps outside of their bedroom door would be a better one for that spot. Now, on to the... Question of the week. This week, I actually don't have a question for you guys. I want you guys to tell me a story. Uh, reach out to me and tell me about your adventures in bedtime routines. You know, something weird that your kids have done, strange things. My daughter likes to sit cross-legged and fold herself forward and go to sleep like that. My toddler likes to come out of his bedroom from the top floor of our house and come all the way down to the basement studio and be like, snack from around this corner behind me. It's cute, but just take them back to bed. Um, also, throw in there your guys' children's favorite bedtime story. I'm curious to see what different kids have enjoyed. As with every episode, guys, I look forward to hearing your feedback. So please rate the show on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Leave a review there if it's possible. Come on over to the YouTube channel and uh, down below the bridge where all the trolls live in the comment section. Leave me a little love there. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Dad's Class. On our Facebook page, facebook.com slash dad's class. You'll also find links to both our website and merch shop in the description below. A little heads up on the merch shop. I know that that particular company is having some issues with shipping due to everything that's going on currently. So it will take a bit longer to get some of your items. As always, I'm going to remind you that we are doing our Extra Life fundraising event. This is our second year in a row. 
and I really appreciate any help you guys can give in us reaching our goal. Links for that in the description of this episode as well. If you'd like to get in touch with me personally, you can contact me at crowneso at gmail.com. C-R-O-W-N-E-S-S-0 at gmail.com. You can also find me with that as my at name on Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch. If you guys found this class informative, share it with your friends, see what they have to say about it. And until next time, be sure to review these suggested lessons and educate yourself with another dad's class. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.